Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing author joining us, Victor Greco. Victor, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? Uh, Great to be here with you, Dallas. Uh, Enjoying uh, today and glad to be with you. It's a pleasure. Well. Can you tell our audience, where are you calling us from? I'm uh, located in Ontario, Canada, in the city uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. Probably Waterloo is most famous for the invention of the smartphone. The BlackBerry was domiciled here wow. in, in uh, the Waterloo area. And I've been living here for about 25 years. Yeah. You've always been on the Canadian side there, Canada, over there? Always on the Canadian side. I do have yeah. relatives in the States. Uh, so I've, tra- I've traveled, I've traveled the world scuba diving. I love scuba diving. Wow. And so I've been to many, uh, places, uh, under the water, enjoying the handiwork of God from, uh, down in the depths. Uh-huh. Wow. Where's your but favorite I, place I, to I, scuba dive? If you could say. What's that? Where's your favorite place to scuba dive? Ah, so I, I returned uh, in the spring from a trip to Palau. Palau is south of Japan. It's north of the Philippines. Hmm. It's uh, where the Philippine Sea meets the Pacific Ocean. Um, and uh, it, was just, it was just beautiful under the water. Wow. Yeah. That's something I would like to experience. And very alive coral reefs. You don't always see coral reefs that are alive. Some of them because of pollution, et cetera, have uh, died. So you have the remnants of the coral and the fish species are not as populous in the places where the coral reef is dead. But Wow. wow. So a pleasure to have you here today. We're going to talk thank, about thank your you book, Wisdom in Contrast, A Life Well Lived. And so we're going to dive into that. But before we do, if you could just tell us what kind of led you to become an author, Tell us a little bit about your faith as well, and we'll go down further into the book from there. Well, I've, I was uh, raised in a Christian home, and as a young man, I uh, resisted the pressure to uh, follow the ways my parents tried to guide me. And so I experienced uh, doing my own thing as a, a kid raised in the 60s in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's it's today. It's uh, Canada's biggest city, Toronto, Ontario. And uh, you know, one day I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and things dramatically changed. I uh, went on to Bible college. I entered the ministry as a youth pastor. 
I had the opportunity to uh, be a senior pastor in several communities in Ontario. And a point of demarcation came and I um, decided I would take another career path. And a few years after I made that switch, I began to wander in my uh, close relationship with God. Eventually coming back and realizing, hey, this foundation that I built in my life fits for real. Mm -hmm. It really means something. And I, I need to be steadfast in that and uh, following the calling of God in my life. Yeah. So this book in particular, what led you with this title and what led you to write this book in the first place? Well, I was always intrigued with the... Um, depths of despair that was displayed by Solomon's writing in the book of Ecclesiastes. One of the things you find in scripture, it's so, it's so honest. I mean, it, it has not just the strengths of its characters, but also it reveals the heart and the weaknesses mm -hmm. of its characters. And so I always wondered at the mystery of the tremendous despair that this great king that really was of world renown powerful, wealthy, and yet he's writing things like meaningless, meaningless, life is meaningless. And I, I thought it's just, a, just such a strange thing to have in the middle of all of these uh, promises of God in the, in, the, in the context of the Old Testament. You've got these prophets that are going through rough times, but they're victorious. Mm -hmm. And here's this guy that's got it all, and he's so miserable. So... I thought about that, and then I realized, you know, in the New Testament, there's a very wise man. His name is uh, St. Paul. And St. Paul, in contrast to this despairing, wealthy person, was, you know, he was not a man of wealth, but he was a man of great education. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in prison. He's writing letters to churches that he's established, and he's always got it. He's always on his game. He's always positive and mm -hmm. energized and so you have these two very wise men saint paul and king solomon and the tremendous contrast between them and i began to explore a way of demonstrating the emotion of each mm. and probably quite honest dallas it's because i had experienced both those emotions in my life Every time, whether it was when I was a teenager, whether it was when I made that career shift, um, every time I wandered away from a close relationship with God, I experienced this sense of lack of purpose, lack of vision for life, right. lack of a sense of destiny in, in my own soul. And so I, I uh, thought, is there a way to be able to convey the emotion of Solomon and the victorious strength of uh, St. Paul. How would I do that? How could I contrast that? So I started on a journey and I thought what I'll do is I'll take the next uh, while in my devotional life and I'll compare. See, there's 12 chapters in the book of Ecclesiastes. There's six mm -hmm. chapters in the book of Ephesus. I'll compare one half of a chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes with a quarter of a chapter of the book of Ephesians. And I'll try and evoke the emotion 
of one or the other. So it's not a theological treaty. It is an attempt at evoking the despair of Solomon. And in contrast to that, mm -hmm. the uh, victorious strength of a man who, against all odds, conquered with Christ. Wow. Wow. When did you release this book for our audience just to know? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question, yeah. Dallas? When did you release this book, available for the public? Well, uh, my second career in life, I was a financial advisor. And so I built up uh, a practice um, with, and anyways, they had a retirement thing for me because I retired back in September 2023. And I thought, this is a way for my clients who I got to know through decades of walking with them through the financial mm -hmm. vicissitudes of life. I thought I am going to uh, share my soul with them. So I, I created the book, I put it, uh, published it, and I was able to put one in the hands of each of my clients and more than 100 wow. people there at the event. And uh, we were able to uh, give, give them a copy uh, so I could kind of share my heart with them. That's amazing. Not just your professional life, but your spiritual life as well. You can kind of share with them, you know, what kind of made you who you are over all the years of doing what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, and I do That's have, to say, I have to say, Dallas, like, you know, it, it's like I was raised in a, in a Christian culture where, you know, mm -hmm. it was great to share the, the upside, you know, mm -hmm. the times when I was down, but uh, I leaned on God and he came through. But it, it's kind of a little bit revealing and sometimes more transparent. There's some transparent pain in mm -hmm. saying, and I experienced this too. This is what it's like to live like Solomon lived, right? where you once walked close with God, but you allowed yourself to drift away. Wow. These are the emotions I felt in a time like that. Wow. So I'm, I'm, yeah. trying, to, I'm trying to show, and both men retained their wisdom. The, uh, the St. Paul was a wise man from the day he committed his life to Christ until the day he died. Solomon wandered away from God, but he retained his wisdom, the scriptures states. And, and that wisdom caused him to be able to see what life without a close relationship to God is really like. Yeah. And uh, so what wisdom in contrast does is it evokes the emotion of both. Yeah. What were your hopes for your readers reading this book and our listeners here today? What do you, what did you hope that they would receive from your writing? Well, um, first of all, you know, personally, I, I hope that they're able to understand that they're reading the emotions of a person, myself, who went through uh, times of drifting away from God and also times of closeness to God like St. Paul. And I, I am glad to say to you today that this is has been a season of my life when I have been reacquainted with God's powerful wisdom from on high right. and walking in relationship with him. So, for example... I'm hoping that people will will have a desire and a hunger to understand what the God of heaven and earth can give them if they seek for him 
to have a place in their life. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier about Solomon kind of forgetting God, which is interesting because I moved to the Braz I moved to Brazil for five years and I just moved back last week to the U.S. And my wife is Brazilian and she came to the U.S. for the very first time. And she said, wow, I can see how people forget God here because there's just so many things, so many things to consume or to have pleasure or whatever else. And so you, you can kind of imagine what Solomon was like having the abundance that he had, you know, all of those things. And he was forgetting God. And so that is interesting that you you mentioned that because I'm kind of walking through that right now. Not that I'm forgetting God, but I can see that, yeah. wow, that's definitely possible when yeah. you focus on the gifts and not the giver of the gifts, right? And so I understand that. And so let's talk about Paul a little bit as well. How can we use these stories between both Solomon and Paul to reflect and have a better life for, our, for ourselves and to be closer to God? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Unlock the transformative power of Psalm 91 with the new Covenant Psalm. Dive into the timeless verses that address fear, violence, and challenges, offering a profound perspective on safety and security through trust in God. This book combines the eloquence of the King James Version with insightful New Testament explanations, providing a clear understanding of Psalm 91. Don't miss the chance to live a confident, fear-free life. Grab your copy on Amazon today. Introducing the New Life Discipleship Workbooks, your guide to spiritual growth and fulfillment. Whether you're starting out or seeking deeper insights, these three workbook editions cater to your needs. Unlock Christian fundamentals, delve into immersive studies, and join a supportive community. Ready to engage your passion for God? Visit www.waytruthem.org. That's www.waytruthem.org. Or buy on Amazon. Well, uh, Solomon, you know, Solomon's experience was he made military alliances with uh, competitive nations and the way they did that in those days is the competitive king that felt dominated by the empire that Solomon represented would offer to Solomon one of his daughters and so Solomon had 300 wives and 700 concubines mm -hmm. and he, his wealth was without measure so he would be as wealthy or wealthier than the billionaires that we read about in the news today. Mm -hmm. And with all of that wealth, what, what the scriptures say is that as he developed these alliances, along with the alliances came the gods that those people worship. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a phrase that we are really well acquainted with in our Western culture. But if we think about the emphasis that we put on fame and fortune and wealth and comfort in our society, we're getting close to the things that had distracted Solomon from his primary goal of serving and putting God first in his life. And that's probably the contrast that you see as you and your wife come back and re-enter the uh, North American uh money is god culture mm -hmm. so. yeah yes that's definitely it and 
that's not the way that we should be living. You know, it's not as satisfying as a, a life with the Lord. And so, yeah, you can't serve two masters, right? We saw right. that. You can't serve two masters. And St. Paul, on the other hand, he was raised with a, an alert mind that understood Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I could hardly make my way through those books of the Bible. But uh, I've done it by uh, forced discipline in my own life. Right. Because some of, the, some of them are boring. But the Apostle Paul knew them like the back of his hand. And yet he had an empty heart. I even held the cloaks of those that were stoning, stoning um, the first martyr, mm -hmm. uh, Stephen, of the Christian uh, faith. Right. And he's, and he's distraught. He, he's kind of living like Solomon, this meaningless life. And it's a very religious driven life. And then he meets Christ. And from then on, he was sold out. Mm -hmm. He was going to live for God. And, and he found soul peace. He found purpose. And uh, all of these things came into his soul. Right. So my, you know, as I wrote the book, I found, hey, both these men have real good, practical wisdom advice for everyday life. So it's mm -hmm. not all a contrast of uh, the victorious living for Christ and the mm -hmm. meaningless living for me, myself, and I. There is that in there, definitely. But there's also some practical outworkings of wisdom that we see from both men. And my hope is that, uh, like, for example, one of the questions that is often asked by young people, by young adults, by middle-aged people, how do I know what God wants me to do? And so one of the chapters in the book uh, alludes to a river in a forest. A stream in a forest does not wonder which direction to grow. Gravity and the lay of the land provide the path ahead. And sometimes life is like that, a small mm -hmm. choice in our education, the first job, convictions of a good conscience, a chance meeting, which turns into an enduring romance, the love of family, the good counsel of friends. All these things are like the banks of a stream and a forest that cause it to go left or right or, uh, you know, maybe stall into a pond at a beaver pond. And, and sometimes God's wisdom to us is like that. Yeah. Dallas, it, it just comes to us like that. Another practical piece of wisdom, uh, one of the pieces I'm, I'm kind of uh, thinking. And I'm saying, okay, what should I do when all around are hungry mouths to feed? And, and what should I do when criminals suppress and bind the weak to bonds that right. never break? And what should I do when I know of a man that beat his family down? And what should I do when there are those who incite riot in the street? What should I do? And then... The answer comes in that chapter wow. as to what a person should do. And so there's that, you know, wisdom isn't all this. Uh, I heard a voice from God and it told me it, it's it's the practical outworking. So sometimes a lack of wisdom. This is this is now a piece of wisdom I'm sharing with you, Dallas, that I have learned. A lack of wisdom in Vic Greco's life mm -hmm. is more of a lack indicator of relationship with God than it is that I haven't had enough education or asked questions of the right people or that I really don't know what to do. If I'm walking close to him, I'm walking with the source of wisdom. Right. See right. what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's what says, I'm trying people to perish invoke. for a lack of wisdom, yeah, right? I'm trying to evoke that in this in this yeah. uh, in this book, Wisdom in Contrast. I try mm-hmm. to let people understand that that wisdom is something above all else that we should seek. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just Victor that's saying that. But it's God Himself that gives us that directive. Yeah. That there, there is, uh, there is something. You know, the Book of Job is a hard one to understand. But there's a beautiful interlude, chapter twenty-eight, talks about how men will follow a vein of ore down, 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 and even hang from ropes as they mine it down, down into the depths of the earth. And when they get there, what do they find? Maybe they find gold. Maybe uh, they find uh, precious stones. But then it compares that with wisdom. But where are we going to yep. find wisdom? Yep. If we can find wisdom, we have found a relationship with the source of life itself because that's where wisdom comes from. And that's what I'm trying to share and motivate people to hunger after in in mm-hmm. wisdom and contrast and i'm thinking here some of our audience may have a question what is the difference between godly given wisdom and just simple intuition that we may have as a human how do we identify the difference there and how do i seek ah. one or the other <laughs> sometimes nothing hmm. because i believe there are those times in life when god wants to say to us something like get your big boy pants on victor mm-hmm. Go out and make the decision, and whether you go left or right, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I've had that before as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and that takes trust. That says, you mean you're leaving this one up to me, Lord? There's no clear direction. There's no handwriting on the wall. There's no scripture verse that I'm going to magically point to and say this is what I should do. It's me getting up and making a decision, and walking. And that takes faith, too. That takes relationship, too, to say, yes, this is one that God has left with me. And for lack of any other direction, this is what I'm deciding to do. It's so scary until we remember who's walking with us. Right. And when we know that he's walking with us, then we make the decision to come back to North America from Brazil. Right. And we say, God's with me. And and uh, and he's here. He's he's helping me in what I do today. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. That's a great answer there. Thank you for sharing yeah, that part. Welcome. I think that's important because sometimes he does give us every step of the way, and sometimes he leaves it up to us. We just have to lean on what we've already been told and taught, right? So that's a. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Is this your first book, Victor? Do you have other books coming here in the future? Well, I I I'm intrigued by. I, I love this. Um, I don't think I've exhausted the whole wisdom thing yet. Yeah. Because, you know, I just alluded to Job chapter 28. Um, and there's two chapters in the book of Proverbs that are just filled. It's just filled. Um, chapter 8 and chapter 9 of the book of Proverbs. Again, Solomon's writing. In all likelihood, we believe that it was Solomon who wrote those chapters. But beautiful, beautiful encouragement. In fact, um, in Proverbs chapter 8, 
Well, the author says, um, wisdom will meet you where the pathways of life cross. And you know how you just said, hey, how do you know how to, you know, I got decisions to make. How do I know when I'm making the right decision? There's a promise in the scripture that I'd like to elaborate in wisdom in contrast to. And it is that where we are faced with a decision when the pathways cross. So as a businessman, there were times when, should I buy that block of business or not? Mm-hmm. And then um, I had to sell my practice. I'm now retired. So should I sell it to A, to B? Should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? How do I do this? And to me, those are those are crucial cross points where the pathways of life cross. You know that right there, there's a promise that it's at that point where the pathways cross that I could find God's wisdom. Hmm. And in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 33, the apostle Paul states that we can know the riches of God's wisdom and knowledge. Wow, we can. That's possible. The creator of the universe, the one who stood outside of space and time and ordained the physics of our universe that laid down the laws of mathematics before anybody knew what a math professor did, but put all of the practice of the universe and he has all of that. And how do I access it? So I, I kind of, you know, I, I love, I have my uh, little Bible open here on my cell phone. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God that he gave before the world began? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below are like grasshoppers to him. Look up to the heavens. Who created the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Have you not heard? Have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He doesn't grow weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of the Lord. And I'm thinking, that's the God that I get to wake up to and talk right. to every morning. And I'm, I'm able to access his presence in my life. And so when I read... What an honor. Uh, what an honor. When I read Proverbs chapter 9... Uh, the writer is talking about the fact that wisdom has built her house, has set up her seven pillars and calls out to all the simple, hey, that's me. You know, for what I face today, this day, mm-hmm. you know, when I woke this day, there were challenges that I knew I would face that I had to ask God for help for. But when I woke up this day, I could access the God of heaven. So my hope is that the reader will be able to have a motivation to find God's wisdom as they walk the path of life and that they will not choose like Victor and Solomon did at times in Victor's life. When I chose for me, myself and I, it didn't work out so well. Right. And on the inside, I evoked the same emotions of Solomon. On the other hand, if I can, uh, live in such a way that my life kind of goes along the pathway of St. Paul, I will find that uh, the victory that he knew 
and the vibrancy he had no matter what he faced. The man was beaten with rods. The man was stolen, left for dead. He was shipwrecked. Mm -hmm. He was whipped. Uh, 40, 40 lashes minus one, 39 lashes. And then put in stocks. And he's mm -hmm. awake at midnight singing songs to God. Like, who does this? Yeah. I want the strength he had to be my strength. And I think that's the, the strength that I was reading from the, from the Bible from Isaiah chapter 40. It's just beautiful stuff, man. It's incredible. Yeah, I hope that there is this book too coming out soon and we'll be in touch. We'll be looking at your website as well as the Amazon releases. Tell our audience one more time, what is the title of this book and what is your website as well? Uh, the book is Wisdom in Contrast. It's available on uh, Amazon.ca, Amazon.com, Amazon.uk. If you put in the title Wisdom in Contrast, you should find it there. My website is vgbooks.com. And uh, you'll see some directives there as to how you can pick up the book. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you here today joining us for our episode Victor, if I can have you end our time with a prayer for our audience, that would be excellent. Our God and Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who won our victory on the cross. And then went down, down into the depths of darkness that he might uh, take the keys of uh, death and of hell from our enemy, the enemy of our soul. We thank you for the victory that we have in him today. And we thank you for forgiveness of sin and strength. Lord, we come to you because we just need help to navigate the waters of life. We need wisdom, Father. And we're hungry for that. And we hunger it for we hunger for your wisdom more than we do for gold and silver and precious stones. And thank you for your promise that you'll impart to all who call upon your name wisdom for whatever they face in life. And so we pray together today, Lord, give us wisdom this day for what we face. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.